is my all-sufficient guide for faith and conduct. And again, we are talking about moving into a new series now, and it's called Living by the Nudge. Living by the Nudge. The first thing that I will tell you is it's a whole lot better to be led by a nudge than to have to be led by other means. <laughs> it's a whole lot better to be led by that still small voice directing us left or right than to be led by difficult circumstances or sometimes by a life of a two-by-four in a place that's uncomfortable. <laughs> Amen? So we want to be people who are living by the nudge of the Spirit. But I will tell you, I, I, as I introduce this uh, series, I have to say there is something on my heart that is truly gripping to me. Uh, and I believe that it has been uh, something that we have wrestled with and something that we have been in battle with for many years, but is becoming at a pinnacle at this time. And that is a wrestle for literally the soul of America, specifically our children. See, we have talked about, see, it's not just us we need to reach. It's your children and your grandchildren. If we do not reach them, the world has all the time you and I will give to them. The world will take it all. But I tell you that the Lord is wanting us to be warriors for him. In a movie that came out long time ago, when I was 12 years old, in 1977, some of you already know this, the, the movie I'm talking about. <laughs> Some of you are thinking, man, he is ancient. <laughs> and that's all right. But I'm talking about the movie Star Wars. It was a, a phenomena. And uh, I have to tell you, when it first came out, I really didn't give it a lot of credence. In fact, I went and saw it with a friend, and I thought, nah, it was all right. Uh, so I guess I'm not, but, but I tell you that, that in this movie, I, I want to draw some analogy because truly we need to understand sometimes we get more excited or more wound up about something that is portrayed in a movie and yet God is calling us to real life kingdom things that we haven't grasped yet. That somehow we fumble in. Somehow the enemy of our soul has blinded us to engaging in the battle. Somehow the enemy has uh, uh, allowed us to truly disengage and truly think, well, really, I can't be that involved. And I tell you that now we are fighting for the soul of our country. And we have to be at work and being engaged in the kingdom of God. And so let's look at this. First of all, I want to uh, look at a passage of scripture. And I want to talk about something that in the movie became so apparent. And that is this. That there is truly real evil and there is truly real ones who are fighting against it. 
In Star Wars, there was no doubt that that analogy was drawn. In fact, in the movie, the battle continued as the series often do because they came out with three and four and five and so on. But in this was one of them, the return of the Jedi. The Jedi were the fighters that were fighting against the darkness. And I tell you that we in the church need to understand that God does not have a second uh, program to reach the world. You and I are it. God is not looking for some superhero to come. He's looking for you and I to say, I'll do it, Lord. He's looking for you and I. See, in the movie, they had these Jedi and the children became the target because the Sith decided, and uh, of course, Darth Vader and all those, if we can take out the children, we've won the battle. You hear what I'm saying? Is it any, is it any coincidence that what we're fighting for in America is the heart and soul of our children. I'm telling you, it's not a battle we can just sit and rest in. Whether you're an aunt, an uncle, a grandparent, a mother or father, whatever influence you have, whatever spot of authority God has put you in, it is time to engage in a spiritual battle. It is time to understand we wrestle not against flesh and blood. There is a battle happening. And although we don't see it with our natural eye, we see the ramification of it everywhere. We see the deterioration of our lives all around us. And if we don't, again, recapture being warriors and understanding who we are and our identity in him, wow. There are countless thousands of souls that are on the line. And God has called you and I to be a part of it. God has given you the most incredible task. And God has qualified you. Make no mistake about it. If you're here and you're saved, you're qualified. I want to talk to you about living by the nudge, and we're going to look at the Gospel of John, chapter 14. One small verse as we kick this series off. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and will bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. What an awesome and just incomparable scripture for us to grab. Jesus, think about it, is getting ready to go away. He's talking to his disciples. In fact, in uh, one of the gospels, it says their hearts were filled with despair. There's some things they didn't understand. We wouldn't have understood it. But Jesus said, it's for your benefit that I'm going away. 
Because see, if he remained, it was just one person, Jesus. Yes, lots of things happening. But he said, I'm going to go away and I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. <laughs> I'm going to give you someone whom my father will send in my name. And that's who we're going to talk about when we first start this series off, Living by the Nudge, we are going to talk about the helper. The helper. What an incredible way of putting it. The Holy Spirit, God has sent the greatest helper to us. He is a helper. He is the one who has been sent by God and it says he will help you. In this time, when oftentimes we do not know what to do, we do not know what to say, we do not know how to say it. Oh, do we need a helper. Oh, do we need someone who will not speak man's wisdom, who will not speak my own mind. He will speak directly what he hears from him. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. As we get ready to look at these passages of Scripture, these Scripture verses you have heard me, especially over the last few years, if you have been here at North Lake, talk about these over and over and over again. The first one that you need to understand, we won't go into great, great detail with them, but I've listed them there. They're not on your uh, notes for the scriptures on the bottom. So make sure you put them down for point number one. These are extra scriptures. Ezekiel 36, 26, and 27. You have heard it. You've heard me talk about it time and time again. You must understand that this doesn't happen by religion. It happens through real transformation when God takes your old heart out and gives you a new one and he places his spirit in you. His spirit. He says, I will give you my spirit. And he says it directly and specifically. It's a capital S. He will give you his spirit. That is the helper. Now there in Ezekiel, he is talking about a time to come. He's talking about the promise that was going to happen when Jesus died on the cross. And then the very next place we see is that fulfillment in Jesus. And Jesus was talking to his disciples, as I just said a, a couple minutes ago. And I talked about how Jesus said, it's for your good that I'm going away. They didn't understand it. But see here in John 20, 20 through 23... Jesus gives them an entire new perspective of who they are in him. See, that's the main thing. The church has to regain again who they are. They are called to be his. They are called with his purpose. They are called with his mission. And I will tell you, unless we corporately and individually have anything in our lives that is number one other than God's mission, you will find yourself B 
being empty and thinking, is this all there is to life? I mean, this is really getting mundane. Until you plug into the kingdom of God, you will never understand your real purpose. Until you plug in to realize God has called you to be a warrior in the kingdom. You have not been called just to sit on the sidelines and sit and watch. God has called you to be a participator. And there in John 20 is where Jesus breathed on them. And the indwelling spirit came into the disciples. It was there that they, for the first time, had the indwelling presence of the Lord. They were saved. All of a sudden, they could be led because they had the Holy Spirit, not just with them, but in them. And that's what every believer has. When you call upon the Lord, when you ask him to come into your heart, it is there that not religion happens, transformation happens. You become his. And truly, we need to understand in Colossians 1.27 how great he is. And in that passage of Scripture, it talks about that he is working inside of us. The power that is at work within us, it's him, the Holy Spirit, the helper. He will give you the help you need. He will not just respond to just making it up. He will exceedingly abundantly above give you what you need because God's resource is inexhaustible. Praise the Lord. Here's the thing that we really have to understand. We are not normal. Now everybody said, oh, I could have told you that, Pastor Brent. Have you seen the person sitting next to me? I could have told you we're not normal. <laughs> no, what I'm talking about is a concept that truly, if we don't grab a hold the world is going to run over top of the church in America. We've got to understand we are not of the world. The Word of God makes it clear that you are not of this world. You're a holy generation, a priesthood belonging to God. The scripture says you're his possession. Hallelujah. You talk about finding an identity. Literally millions and millions and millions of people in our country, even those who are following Christ, still struggling to find their identity because they try to find it in everything other than Jesus. They try to find it in anything other than the fact that God has called you to be his. And when he called you to be his, he called you with a, mes a message to give, a message that you would be his messenger. And I will tell you, doesn't matter what your vocation, doesn't matter how old you are, whether you're old or young, or whether you're white collar or blue collar, God has not called you to be defined by this world. God has called you to be his child, a warrior for the kingdom of God. And until you understand that, just like in the movie Star Wars... 
we get so wound up sometimes about movies. I, I, I get, I, I, I don't, I'm not knocking movies, but I'm saying it is intriguing to me why we run after everything that's just a movie when we can engage in the real thing. We can engage in the kingdom of God. That's a reality. It's not a falsehood. It is happening. You wrestle not against flesh and blood. We are wrestling in a war for the soul of people. And the battle is on. And uh, the way that the enemy has chosen to get us is through our children. And we've got to understand it. We've got to be spiritually wise. Whether you're an aunt or uncle, grandparent, parent, whoever you are, you need to understand. Start using, some of you say, well, I'm not qualified. Well, get into the word of God and qualify yourself. That's the other thing. If we're living on once a week food, no wonder we have no strength to fight the battle. No wonder we're losing our children when we come on Sunday morning and the word of God is set aside until the next Sunday. And we expect to be spiritual giants for the Lord. We have people all around us that are looking for the return, not of the Jedi, but of the authentic Christ follower. The authentic, spirit-filled believer who is led by the nudge of the Spirit. Led by the nudge of the Lord. When the Lord speaks, we say, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. First Peter 2, 9 and 11 says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You once had not received mercy, now you've received mercy. Behold, I urge you. And I want to stop right there because this is what I'm going to, I'll move on after this. Too long, we have trained our children to be good doctors, lawyers, truck drivers, office workers. We need to train them that they are aliens and strangers in this world. They're God's possession. They're God's possession. Now, you're going to say, Pastor Brian, that's foolish. You're I'm going to try, well, I'm just telling you, I understand that all of our children need to follow after the Lord the way he wants them to go. Whether they're doctors, lawyers, blue collar, white collar, whatever gifting and talent God's given them. But I'm telling you, if you train them for the world and you don't train them spiritually, the fruit will be seen for what it is. I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm trying to awake us. I'm trying to, through the word of God, get us to understand there's a battle happening. 
There is a battle we must engage in. And the Bible says we're to be aliens and strangers on this earth. That doesn't mean that you are to be peculiar in the way you dress. That means you're supposed to be different in your spirit. Different in how you act. In the fact that you're spirit-led, the spirit of God lives in you. The only thing that is going to reach our grandchildren, our children, the neighbor that lives next to you, the coworker in the cubicle next to you, is spirit-led, nudged living. So we're in a war, and the world is raging, and we have to step up. And if we're going to try to teach our children to be aliens and strangers, guess who has to be first? We do. We do. We cannot lead them where we will not go. Amen? All right. Number two, the helper will teach you all things. <laughs> what? Do you realize what a resource? Again, forget the force be with you. Jesus be with you. Jesus is with you. The helper, he will teach you all things. In the movie, you know, I, I understand it was just a movie, but they talked about uh, that thing. They called it the force. Movies are movies. But what I'm saying is knowledge can only take you so far. Then you need to be led by the nudge of the Spirit. And this scripture says he will teach you all things. He will teach you all things. See, for too long, secular humanism has said, I am God. That my intellect and my mind are king. <laughs> but of course, God says in Isaiah 40, who will you compare me to? <laughs> the whole chapter, he takes the whole chapter going over and over again, talking about who he is. You got to write that down, Isaiah 40, and look at it. He says, to who will you compare me? I've created all these things by my hand. What are you going to do? And in fact, what we need to understand is the scripture states that when he's given you his spirit, he will teach you all things. Now you say, yeah, Pastor Brian, I know he'll teach me. He'll teach me about Jesus and about, you know, we think of Sunday school, and I thank God for those times of teaching. But I will tell you, the Holy Spirit is as practical as he is spiritual. You're at work, you need help, you're at home, and you say, man, I don't know how to raise this child. I don't know how they're acting. I don't know why they're doing it. Have you called upon the one who will give you a nudge? <laughs> Have you called on the one who will nudge you and say, this is what's happening? You say, I don't know. I, I, th that sounds, it's time for us to be spirit-led people again. It's time for us not to believe that our intellect is the God of all things, but to say, God, I need to push hard into you. 
I need to ask, Jesus, what do I need to do? How do I need to teach my children, my grandchildren? What is it that you've given them as gifting and talents that I ought to be building up and investing in? The Spirit will nudge you. He'll be your teacher in all things. And it says he's given us an asset that is able to teach you all things. And those two scripture verses, 2 Peter 1, 2 through 4, says he will give you everything you need for life and godliness. So see, He's practical as he's well spiritual. God knows what needs to happen practically. If you're in a spot where maybe it's not your children, maybe it's at work. Maybe you just say, man, I just don't know what to do about this situation. Have you prayed and said, Holy Spirit, I need you to speak to me what to do. I need you to speak to me what it is that I am to do. 1 John 20 First John 20. First John made up different made up 17 different chapters. First John chapter 2, verse number 20 and 27 talks about this: that you and I as believers have an anointing. And it says, His anointing, which is the helper, the Holy Spirit, will teach you all things. As his anointing teaches you all things. So see, God is going to help you to be practical because he is wanting to raise up spiritually engaged kingdom people. And, and, and you're one of them. Understand, maybe you're here today and you just say, Pastor Brian, I just can't see it. I, I mean, I did my thing. I've worked and I've been good. I've come to church. We've got to have something more in our nation. We have got to have engaged, spirit-filled, spirit-led believers. It's time that we understand that we have an anointing and God has called us to so much more. Second Peter, again, 1.3, talking about this one specific place. Seeing that his divine power has granted to us Everything pertaining to life and godliness. It's not just godliness. He gives it to us for life. That those practical things he will give to you through the true knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and excellence. Unbelievable. But here's the last thing. The helper will bring to remembrance the words of Jesus. The, the Holy Spirit will never contradict or go outside of the word of God. That's a fact. Because when I tell you that he will speak to you the words of Jesus, you realize Revelation, we're going to look at it in just a minute. Revelation 19, 13 says that when he comes back, he's got a name written on him that only he knows himself, and it says he's got a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. Jesus is the Word of God. He is the Word. 
So when the Spirit says he will take from what is mine and make it known to you, you can have absolute confidence that the Spirit, the nudge of the Holy Spirit, will never take you outside or contradict his word. Now, you may say, Pastor Brian, I, I just I have to be honest. I, I don't understand what you're saying. I, I just live life, and I don't hear the Spirit speak to me. Then, please understand your pastor's heart. I, I, I am not wanting to be harsh. I'm asking us to evaluate if I never hear the voice of the Lord speak to me about what to do, am I really engaged in the spiritual fight? Or have I become so engrossed in my job, my age, my peers, whatever it is that we're at the time of life, are we so in a mundane Monday through Friday, then Saturday, Sunday, Monday through Friday, and Saturday and Sunday, that we never hear the voice of the Lord because we've already set out what we're going to do. We already know what there is to do. And so we get up, we go to bed, we get up and we go to bed, never saying, Lord, speak to me today. If there's somebody I'm to engage in, because you know how? Your family will be one, one life at a time. You know how your school will be one, one life at a time. You know how your neighbor will be one, one life at a time. God doesn't ask you to focus on 10, 15, 20 people. God will nudge you to say, now that one right there, engage with that one. So we need to be ready we need to be saying, Lord, am I hearing your voice or am I so on autopilot that I never have myself in a need? See, the scripture says he will bring to remembrance the words of Jesus. Here's the other thing. Until I put myself in the situation where I have a need for the words of Jesus, maybe that's why we're not hearing him bring them to our remembrance. We need to be engaged in the fight. We need to be engaged in the battle. The helper will bring to our remembrance. Now, I've heard those, and it's true. Each of us have different uh, abilities and ways that we memorize. Some of us are better at others. Some of us remember longer. Some of us learn in different ways. You may have to be creative in how you learn, but this is what I know. Even if you're not a good, uh, what you would consider yourself as a great memorizer, take a load off because it doesn't fall on you. The word of God says he will bring to your remembrance the words of Jesus. So here's what I will tell you. If you're faithful to be in the word of God, he will bring it to your remembrance. Don't Go so hard as to saying, oh, I've tried for weeks. I can't even get one scripture verse. If you saturate yourself in the word of God, he'll bring it to your remembrance. When? At your time of need. When you need it. When you are out there and you need it, the Holy Spirit will bring it to your remembrance. Because that's his promise. And I guarantee you, 
he will not fail his promise. He will not fail. So step out. Step out and say, God, I am going to realize my identity. I am going to say, God, you've given me such a greater purpose than just existing, than just finding my satisfaction in this world. I am a child of God. I am a, a, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a person belonging to God's possession. I'm his possession. That means you have incredible purpose. That means that you need to be saying, God, what is it you're wanting me to do? And I will tell you again, once you start doing what God has asked you to do, it is like nothing you've ever experienced in the world. You will find a strength and a source of joy and peace that no one can take from you. You will find a sense of joy and peace even in the midst of the worst trouble, even in the midst of what your natural mind may say is happening. God is able, if you will give to him, you going to the word and saying, I'm just going to read the word. I'm just going to be faithful to get in the word. There's so many scriptures I've listed there about the word of God, but I do want to bring this one up, and that is Revelation 9.13. It says, He is clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the word of God. We sang about it today. There's power in the blood. God has got so much that he wants to do in and through you. We must be ready to be people that say, Lord, I am going to live by your nudge. I am no longer going to live under my strength of my intellect, under thinking, I've got a plan, and if God will just get on board, everything will be fine. We need to wake up and say, God, yes, you've called me to this office but first you've called me to be an ambassador for Christ. Yes, God, you've called me to be a, a truck driver, a plumber, a, an office worker, whatever it is God's called you. But God called you not to be defined by that gifting. God's called you to be a child of God. God's called you to be with a message on your mouth that you tell them the excellencies of him who's called you out of darkness into his glorious light. It's time for spirit living. It's time to be people who are Christ followers following the nudge of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I pray over every person in this place today. Lord, I ask that you would help us to understand and know that, God, we, there is so much more to what we do not see happening around us than what we see. Lord, we are not in a natural fight. We are in a spiritual one. And, God, it's time for us to take our places. It's time for us to engage in the battle. It's time for us to say, God, I am going to fulfill 
my commission as being a spirit-filled, spirit-led, engaged Christ follower. I'm going to do it not just for my children and my grandchildren. I'm going to do it to declare the excellencies of your praise for redeeming my life. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to ask a question. I never leave a service without asking it. Is there anyone here you would say, I need to call on Jesus. I need him to forgive me. I need, it, I need to ask him into my heart. I don't know what your situation is, whether you've never called on Jesus or whether you maybe know of Jesus, but maybe you've just strayed and you felt like, man, I just need to call on the name of the Lord again to know who I am in him. I want to give you that opportunity before I close. Anybody here today, you would say, that's me. Would you pray for me? Slip your hand up today. Anyone here? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Then I asked you to stand, North Lake. And I want to pray. Lord, I thank you for every person in this place. God, we are now getting ready to go out into the field wherever you've called us to be, whether it's into the community or into our homes. God, we're going to come across people, neighbors, others who are needing to hear. God, help us to be engaged and be led by the nudge of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.